Hello and welcome back to the Carol First Baptist Church podcast. Uh, today we'll be continuing our discussion on chapter two. I will be a unifying church member. So first, first question, how, how can church unity be shown in our local body? We all love the Lord and we love each other. <laughs> We're patient with each other. Yeah. That's a little, little slogan that was out a few years ago. Please be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he starts off the chapter and he, he cites uh, John 13, 35, yeah. right? And I mean, that, right, that idea of just saying, um, by this all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So, I mean, I mean, Pastor mentioned it from a different scripture, but that idea of if, if love really is um, the the spirit in which we we function, which in chapter one he talks about First Corinthians thirteen and how that informs uh, this conversation of, of, of membership and church functioning, church membership of, of love. Um, if that's true, then um, we understand that that love is is also the unifier of mm-hmm. of the church. Too uh, a Christ-like love, which I mean, we, we might need to you know, kind of properly define, maybe. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, love, love for sure. So, how how is love shown in our local body? How how can you show love? Meeting needs, meeting needs, meeting needs. Well, I was thinking uh, again. We talked about the First Corinthians thirteen in the first chapter, but even through that. I think, Pastor, you may have mentioned this uh, a week or two ago, but uh, it's it's commonly a passage that's pulled out for weddings and used uh, as a picture of love for a bride and a groom, but in the context of the passage, it was about the church at Corinth and what Christian love is supposed to look like. And so, to your question of what should unification look like within a church body, it should be that kind of love we should be patient with each other we should be kind to one another we shouldn't be backbiting one another we should be doing uh, all the things listed there in first corinthians 13 i think would be a a fabulous start or something to look at because you know in studying through that myself it it it, you take out selfishness and everything else just kind of falls into place it's when we start getting self-centered and focused on ourselves the country club mentality of, of what I can get out of the church, and then we start having problems mm-hmm. uh, because those things are going to be different for everybody. Whereas what is the same, what is unifying, mm-hmm. is that we all need to be patient with one another and want others to be patient with us and kindness and, and all those things. You can bring in the fruit of the Spirit, all these aspects. But uh, you know, those are two big passages in Galatians 5 and 1 Corinthians 13 that I think you want to know what does it look like. Mm-hmm. Those are good places to start, in my estimation. I think another thing that comes into play as well that a lot of times we overlook. Sometimes we just look at love as kind of the warm, syrupy thing where let's all just get along and sing uh-huh. kumbaya. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the uh, New Testament's pretty clear. It says something in, in Galatians 6 about if you see a brother overtaken in a fault, yep. we, we have a responsibility to try to help restore right. one another uh, in a spirit of meekness, yes. looking to ourselves. Yep. And there are occasions where we may need to, uh, I, I don't like Some, the word confront, but that's the best word I can come up love. with here at this point. The tough love, yeah. That's... Yeah, sometimes we just need to address somebody, let them know we're concerned about mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Somebody misses six weeks of church, yeah. right. and if nobody 
even calls them or says, hey, we miss you, or, or tries to find out what's what's wrong. And, you know, generally people don't miss, the, the, if they've been regular attenders, they're members, they don't miss three, four, six, or five, six ro- weeks in a row mm-hmm. without there being some issue that's come right. up. And so yeah. it's, it's good to go to somebody and in, in love let them know your concern. Sometimes you become aware of something that's going on in somebody's life, and and sometimes it's a good thing to go and, and just let them know you're concerned about that. And mm-hmm. the, the ideal situation is where you go in genuine love and concern for the person, and then they respond with the kind of an attitude, well, uh, boy, you must love me a lot to come and say these things to me. Right. Mm-hmm. You they know. floor the wounds, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, but I think going to people is not an, an easy thing. Going to people with the right spirit right. Mm-hmm. is not an easy thing. And sometimes folks are self-appointed uh, confronters within the church, and the problem is they, they don't do it in genuine Christian love, right. and, and that Looking doesn't work out well. to fix the problem right. and not, right. uh, not a relational yeah. thing. and they come across being very self-righteous, right. and mm-hmm. while in some ways they are self-righteous. Right. It's, not, it's not always what, but it's how they, yeah. they go about yeah. it, too. Yeah. Speaking the truth in love. In love. Right. You know, both right. of those are absolutely important. Sure. We need to speak the truth to one another, but we also need to do it in love. Yeah. Because we're looking to restore a relationship. We see a relationship they have with Christ that could be struggling because of this potential sin that's going on. And we're seeking to restore that relationship. And as that uh, vertical relationship gets restored, I mean, the horizontal relationships can then also be restored. Those two go together. That's the focus. Somebody's relationship with Christ is what it should be. It's going to affect their relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ. But we're looking to restore relationships here. And the area that we can get hung up in is wanting to try and go and fix a problem or, or not looking at the relational yeah. aspect of it. And so, you know, restore and preserve. Yeah. Ephesians says we're to maintain the unity of the spirit. Actually, the mm-hmm. Lord's given us to, as a starting point, the unity. <laughs> right. We've got to maintain we it. it up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, we mess it up. Great until we get yeah. <laughs> Pastor, you mentioned, um, Galatians six as, um, part of the reason why we would, confront or why we would uh, go to someone in love to care for their their spiritual walk. And Galatians, like a lot of the epistles, are, are is written to a local church. Exactly. Right? A so group co- of local churches. Right, but to the churches in Galatia, right? So there, there are churches, individual churches, local churches, local assemblies of God's people gathered together, and Paul is saying uh, in that context— if you see someone in 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 sin, to to go and confront, which I just think is is another defense or explanation of the beauty of of a, a church family yeah, and, and what we're calling church membership. And the other thing that comes into play in Galatians there is the Galatian churches were in danger of being overtaken by spiritual air, with the Judaizers coming in and telling them that uh, salvation in Christ also involve keeping the law and things like that. And so Paul not only talks about going to someone we see overtaken in a fall, that's exactly what he's doing in Galatians. Uh, 
And he, he, he even talks about the, the heart that he has for those people right. as he writes to them. So he's modeling it for us right. as well as encouraging it. Yeah. So as, as we see that model, we can also see how it can be broken as well. Um, a gossip is one thing that really undermines unity, undermines love. Um, so does gossip affect our church? And if so, how, how does the leadership, how do you guys handle that? How does the church body should handle it? And, and really, how does Scripture handle it? I think gossip affects every church. Mm-hmm. I think gossip affects all of us in in small ways or large ways. Uh, certainly, it is uh, unbiblical. It is destructive. Proverbs talks about such things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, it it has it does not have a place. Um, we are are fallen people. Thank God for for grace to uh, to confess and repent in turn. Um, but. But I think we're probably fooling ourselves if, if we would mm-hmm. think that somehow gossip isn't at least some part of of any church in some faction. <laughs> um, but as to you know how we deal with it, I guess that that's on an individual. I don't know. You guys want to speak to that at all? Well, I think the big thing here is if if you have an issue with somebody, Jesus is pretty clear in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter eighteen about you go to that person. And you don't tell everybody else around, even in guising it in the the form of a a prayer request. Uh, As far as dealing with gossip, one of the things that I've done uh, routinely down through the years is if somebody comes to me and they want to talk to me about someone else, uh, in fact, sometimes I say, well, I don't, they, they don't want me to tell the other person where I got the information. (laughs) <laughs> and my my response to that right from the get-go is, listen, if you're going to tell me something about somebody else, I probably will have to divulge where I got the information. Maybe you should go to that individual first, and if you really want me to go to them, mm. then I'm going to, I may have to share with them where I got the information. And, and it's amazing how that will nip... <laughs> <laughs> nip a lot of things in, in, in the bud right then and there. And, you know, just because we're pastors don't doesn't mean we have to listen to everything that somebody wants to tell us about somebody else. Right. In fact, I really believe a lot of times the best thing we can do is send somebody yeah. to the problem that they have, mm-hmm. uh, the right. person they have an issue with, yeah. rather than listening to gossip right. ourselves. Have you Have you talked to that person yet? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, just even asking that question. Good to, question to, to start, start with. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And if not, I mean, that's a good place to to stop the conversation or or reject reject redirect the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Don't be a part of the chain. Be so, the weakest link. So, so gossip hurts people. Um, again, we go through probably a whole bunch of different things that that hurts that that causes pain between the church body. Um, so, how as a church can we foster a place of forgiveness? How can we? Help people forgive and be forgiving. Be that person ourselves to yeah. start with. I think it's a rehearsal of the gospel too. Frequently, mm-hmm. is to recognize that that forgiveness is available. That I have been forgiven. That I need to be forgiven. Um, and repenting often ourselves, but but even inviting other people to repent often to recognize that that we are we have far more to repent of than. We usually realize, and so as I recognize my own sin, I am much more aware uh, of my need to repent, and I might be 
a little more cautious about um, looking at the the speck in someone else's eyes when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm yeah. constantly being uh, reminded that that I have my own planks to, to yeah. be handling yeah, <laughs> before the Lord. I'd agree. Check myself first uh, before I start dishing out other information. I need to make sure that I'm living up to to what I'm saying. The adage, practice what you preach kind of a thing, but then also pointing people to an ultimate example. As much as I need to be reflecting Christ, uh, I'm not Christ, and Christ is Christ, and so pointing people to Him and uh, giving them a perfect example to follow rather than, than myself as much as I do need to still be a good example. Pointing to Scripture and what God says as much as uh, the, the Gospel uh, is our example. That concludes our discussion over chapter 2, Unifying Church Member. Be sure to tune in next time as we go over chapter 3. I will not let my church be about my preferences and desires. Thank you again.